Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. How are you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to Tech Radio, the number one Irish tech podcast with all the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. Remember, as well as our show on air with RTE and online via the website or your favourite podcasting app, we also keep you up to date on all things tech every single day during the week with hourly updates and daily newsletters, which you can grab for free at techcentral.ie. So listen, uh, I'm grabbing a coffee. Uh, tech Central editor Niall Kitson is with me grabbing a coffee. You grab a coffee. Let's find out what's happening in the world of tech. Uh, I suppose the first thing and uh, the happiest story of the week, I think, is to hear from America that net neutrality is not dead. Uh, yeah, I, I think net neutrality is a very interesting story from the perspective of us over here in Europe where we don't have to worry about it, where the EU is pretty much on the case thanks to the big plan of the digital single market, which is all about making it easier for companies to get online, making it easier for companies to trade internationally without having to worry about different barriers, uh, without having to worry about different networks. It comes down to, you know, the Rome as home thing. You go abroad, you don't suffer any interruption in service. You get pretty much what you're used to. So this is really nice what we have in Europe and what they have in the States is not. <laughs> well, um, yeah, and basically it's another one of these things and it seems to be happening quite a lot where the president of America, I can't remember his name just now. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, the president is kind of going, right, well, this is what we're going to do and I'm going to ram it through, bam, 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 bam. And then you get uh, courts and individuals and entire states who went, well, actually, we don't agree. So we're changing our law to have a, the opposite of what you have rammed through. Yeah, and well, it seems to be the, happening here again uh, uh, in the states. One one of the states has said, "All right, well, don't care what you think, Mr. President, but we're going to in China in our 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 law here. Who's uh, leading the charge?" Yeah, well, let's just back up a little bit um, and say, you know, personally, I think Donald Trump has no more interest in net neutrality. It's sort of the hallmark no. of his, his administration is that he is devolved responsibility, uh, divested uh, responsibility from his office to industry. Right. So um, if you want uh, somebody in charge of the EPA, you get somebody from the coal industry, uh, which is what he has done. If you want somebody in charge of um, state education, you get somebody who wants to destroy state education because they've they've given uh, his campaign a whole load of money in the past. And pretty much the same thing happened with uh, the FCC, Federal Communications Committee, um, where basically a shill for Verizon, uh, one of, um, I think it's one of America's most hated companies, actually. No, sorry. That, yeah, it is Verizon, actually. I was trying yep. to think, was it Verizon or Comcast? Is that one um, or the other. They're both up there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there. But the broadband providers are absolutely despised in America for their rubbish quality of service. Which you would think, for a company that for a country that prides itself on innovation, you think they would have good infrastructure. But no. Um, so what has happened is that the FCC at the federal level rolled back on net neutrality laws brought in under the Obama administration, which basically said, okay, level playing field, no because some people really like Netflix, some people really like Spotify, and people will be willing to pay a premium for better Netflix or better Spotify. 
Uh, and that that makes sense if you're a large company. Uh, however, if you're a very small company trying to get online for the first time uh, and you find that, hey, you can shop really easily on Amazon because they're dealing directly with uh, ISPs, but your your website delivers a pretty rubbish user experience in comparison you're going to suffer. It's going to strangle small businesses. It's going to strangle new companies trying to get foothold in spaces where there might be already a very large company playing. So this is this is where the pushback is going to be. So at the federal level, those protections have been rescinded. However, when we get to the state level, and one of the things Republicans are all about is, is states' rights, you're having individual states going, actually, you know what, we, we kind of like net neutrality. It's very good for small business. It's good for our people. Uh, it's good for innovation. Let's just keep doing that. So uh, Washington State Governor Jay Ansley um, has signed this bill into law. He's a big believer in the open Internet. And uh, he says, do you know what? Yep, it's a big Internet. It's a big market out there. There's room for everybody. Let's make sure that there's still room for everybody. It is kind of interesting that Washington State is one of the first to do this because that's the home of Microsoft and one of the uh, other states that are not far behind them is California, which, of course, is Silicon Valley and everything like that. Um, But I I, I would uh, like to applaud them. I'm only just one man on my own with two hands. But uh, do it anyway. I would like to applaud them. Listen, another day is a very interesting story with a nice angle on it. This sounds like a funny story, but then there's a serious angle at the end. Uh, It's in Germany and there's a kid's doll and it's got a little Bluetooth thing in it. And essentially the kid is it's able to connect to the Internet. So the kid can kind of say things like, you know, what's the name of a baby horse? And then the doll will go, why it's called a foal. I I hope I have that right. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You sure do. Who's the best DJ on the radio? I think his name is Dusty. There you go. That kind of stuff, right? Um, But the Germans are coming down on that because they're saying that it is a spy doll and that, you know, perverts will be able to hack into that and then talk to the kids and stuff like that. So they're trying to ban it from the market. Yeah, well, this is a product coming specifically. This is a story coming out of Germany and the UK to do with a doll called My Friend Kayla, or let's just call her Kayla for mm. for short. Um, and uh, it's distributed by a company called Vivid. Um, and basically what this doll does is, as you laid out, it, it's very basic interaction between the child and the doll. You ask the doll questions, the doll connects to the internet, brings down the answer. It works via an app and uh, it can connect to devices via Bluetooth. Now, um, one of the things that we learned from talking to Daryl Highland from Rapid7 a couple of months ago is that an awful lot of these devices, they're not developed with security in mind. They're developed with, hey, couldn't we do this? And it'd be cool. You know, coolness first, novelty value first, security way down the food chain. And this is another example of it. I mean, this is a a doll with an unsecured Bluetooth um, facility in it, right? So, uh, you know yourself, when you go to pair your phone with a, a Bluetooth speaker, very often you have to put in sort of a very rudimentary code. Um, I've got a nifty little device actually that pairs um, a set of headphones with uh, a Bluetooth transmitter that you can use in any CD player. However, the thing is, it can only link with one device at a time. So that's its its element of security right there. Um, however, with this Kayla doll, there is no, uh, there doesn't seem to be any sort of Bluetooth 
security measures in place. So if you're somebody, you know, outside a, a window <laughs> of somebody's home or whatever, and you happen to be uh, happen to have a discoverable Bluetooth turned on, you could potentially link with that doll um, and have, you know, do God knows what with it to scare the bejeekers mm. out of out of small children, and and of course do much much worse as you've alluded to. So. It's the classic story of the unsecured Bluetooth device. You know, here's something you can engage with it through your app. It's absolutely fantastic. But you know what? It's a security nightmare. And toy manufacturers don't want to talk about that. Mm. They they want to talk about the fact that they can get these connected devices onto the market cheaply. They engage with your child in in a fun and novel way. And that's it. And this, you know, I mean... Conversation but, uh, is, but is essentially what, what, what I thought was interesting about it is that like that doll is eventually is sort of a, a doll version of Google now <laughs> or OK, Google. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, conversation uh, is the next frontier in user experience where kids are growing up able to just talk to Alexa yeah. And but, just but use that's it as their first port of call. That's what I'm thinking. Like, you know, if, they, if they're having this problem with this doll, well, why aren't they having a problem with OK Google or Alexa or, or any of the talkie boxes that they're kind of getting into our houses now where we can go, I've forgotten how to make spaghetti. Give me a recipe. Yeah, well, I mean, the difference, of course, is the fact that Amazon and Google actually have research and development budgets. And if anything went wrong with any of their devices, the reputational damage w- would extend far beyond, um, you know, don't buy, you know, an Amazon Echo. Yeah. Um, it, it would go to don't buy Amazon, yeah. <laughs> which you, is slightly you, more you damaging. Would, you would think that. But I mean, imagine if one of the biggest technicum com- com- companies in the world said, uh, oh, yeah, we deliberately slow down the phones as they get older. So you'll upgrade to another one. <laughs> that yeah, would okay. never happen. That would that never happen. Listen, speaking of new technology, uh, another, I, I think, it, again, this is a funny story, but it's a, an interesting one, is in California, they've got a they've got some self-driving cars so uh, these autonomous vehicles are driving around the city and carrying passengers or goods or whatever happens to be Um, but some people on the streets of uh, San Francisco are not happy how are they expressing their unhappiness yeah well they're doing what any sort of irrational person with a hatred of robots would do and and that's attack them (laughs) (laughs) they kick them (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they they kick them, they spray them, they wrap them up in bags, they knock them over. Uh, now, of course, these are very, very isolated um, examples. But, you know, San Francisco, they've been trialing uh, self-driving cars, um, particularly the GM Cruise model. Um, and since January... Uh, of the six collisions that have taken... Actually, of the six collisions that have taken place uh, with autonomous cars in in California in general, two of them have been intentional crashes involving people. So basically somebody is seeing a car and they're like, you know, they're aiming for it. Sort of. I mean, you know, the car rocks up at a set of lights or the car parks or something like that and people go up and they hurl abuse at it. You know, they they damage one of the lights or, you know, they... they <laughs> I think there was even one occasion of, of people actually you know, shouting at the uh, at, at, at the window. You know, <laughs> just ridiculous stuff. How crazy um, must you look to be shouting at, at an empty car? <laughs> yeah, and I don't know what the, what the sort of the 
point of it is you know are you just looking to mm. vent at something do you think there's actually somebody listening controlling controlling the car remotely um what's the point in you know giving a black eye to a self-driving car mm. unless you want to you want it to be pulled over by the cops yeah, do you know i i have a thing about self-driving cars i don't like the thought of self-driving cars at all but um it just it just seems strange to me whereas at the same time self-driving buses yeah, I've no problem with that. <laughs> that's that's really interesting because um have you ever been to Venice? Uh have I? Yes. Marco yes, Polo Airport. Yes. If you want to get from one part of the airport to another, there's a um, there's a monorail. Ah right, it'll be the same in Gatwick, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's ma- self driving. Yeah, yeah, and many but but that's on a rail. Yeah, yeah, there's not a lot. I, I, I kind of get this, like, you know, when I'm thinking about, you know, many of the science fiction movies that we have seen. And uh, a lot of the cars, I mean, first, we've got flying cars. <laughs> there's no course. pilot. <laughs> They're very much autonomous. And it's like, yeah, that's cool. Um, but I don't know, just the thought of it kind of creeping in now. I don't know. It just, it just seems a bit nah, weird. <laughs> okay, so here's a, this is uh, a point that we looked at late last year when we were talking about autonomous systems uh, with the guys out in Lero. And the model they seem to be aiming for at the moment. Uh, now, I guess self-driving is, is sort of the long-term goal. But the model they're working with at the moment is this kind of hybrid model. The easy bits of the driving, the motorway stuff, you know, the cruise control stuff. Yeah. That's fine. Go go autonomous with that. Um, and that model works really well in the States where you actually do have really good roads um, where cities are based on a grid system and everything kind of makes sense. However, if you're in Ireland where a lot of roads don't make any sense and our cities generally aren't built on grid systems, um, it doesn't make a lot of sense to trust a self-driving car at the moment. No, that's where we're, but on the motorways, yes, it would be a little bit more, but I, I think I would like to see buses on a self-driving lane or something like that. I think that would make far more sense. Um, uh, yes, I would, I would agree with that in part. Cars. I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's weird. But then again, electric cars were weird when they came in first. Well, um, when you say came in first, I mean, they're still not. You know, they're still not mainstream. No, I mean, but then, if you want to buy a Tesla, you're still looking at what thirty grand. Yeah, but they're but they're getting there. That's 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 the funny thing. And uh, and one of the ways they're bringing it out in Europe is they're putting you know like the go cars that we have. So you just pick yeah. up a car uh, in Europe in some cities that they're electric cars, and it's a great okay. way of introducing people to the uh, to the whole thing. Anyways. I think enough about cars for uh, uh, for this week. Um, and uh, something that's close to my heart. Da, 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 da. Music. My friends in Apple. talking about music. <laughs> my friends in Apple. Apple. My friends in Apple and iTunes. Uh, there, there seems to be an awful lot of hoo-ha about this. And I actually think it's a storm in a teacup and it's a row about nothing. Um, because the, the headline is all, there will be no more albums on iTunes. <gasps> Yeah, it's it's slightly disingenuous. I think that was a report out in The Verge, you know, no, no, no more Apple LPs. And you read it first and you're like, what? <laughs> that's that's what? That's crazy. <laughs> and then then you're like, oh, OK, they're referring to this specific format, uh, the the Apple LP. Um, now, uh, do you remember, I, I guess the model they were using, right, because most people use iTunes to buy individual songs and it completely changed the 
the uh, music industry, mm. which was convinced that people would buy albums, mm. that the the album was the was the product, and the album you paid a premium for, um, and the single was just sort of you know top of the pop stuff, you know, it's, it's nice and all that. But that's yeah, well, kind back of it. when when singles first came out, they were known as promotional singles. Right. Well, they, that tells you all you need to know, really, doesn't it? Yep. Uh, just there to give a flavour of the album. People will go buy the album. If they buy the single, that's nice. But you really want people to buy the album. I remember the MTV charts, actually, uh, when MTV still played music in the in the 90s and uh, the 80s. Um, the US chart show was based on album sales, right? And they played the lead single from the album at that time mm. just to keep things current. Whereas the BBC charts were always based on single sales, which I which I thought was a, a very interesting uh, uh, dichotomy. But but even um, even now, uh, the music charts that we would look at that would come out every Friday in Ireland uh, and the UK actually, uh, and France and uh, Germany, <laughs> right? Okay, everywhere. Um, uh, basically, the the top forty singles chart as we know it now is based on downloads and streaming. Not 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 hard copy sales anymore. No hard copy sales whatsoever. That's or, interesting. Or there's so few hard copy sales uh, that they just don't count. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they're, so they're not like, worth tracking. So say the number one has got, uh, you know, whatever, say 5,000 downloads. It's had uh, 20,000 stream plays and it sold two CD copies. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, it, it, it doesn't matter anymore. But but the world is changing. Uh, and, and I'm harking back because you're going to explain what the iTunes album is now in a second. But you remember when DVDs came out first? And they're kind of going, all right, well, look, people can buy these things on video VHS cassettes. We need to do something extra with the DVD. And great. Yes idea great idea buy the dvd and you'll get the director's commentary and then you get extra little featurettes and blah 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 this is the way they did it and hey guess what nobody cared uh okay to a certain extent i agree with you for a lot of films okay let, let me put it another way it yeah. wasn't a case where everybody cared. <laughs> okay, okay. Fair enough. Point taken. And I think we've got the same thing with uh, with Apple because they were kind of going, iTunes, people are buying singles and the cherry picking. We, 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 we want people to buy albums. So they had their idea with the, with the album, with iTunes, was that you would get the whatever 12, 14 songs that came on the album, but you'd also get a little artwork and a little booklet, maybe a, a video or some extra tracks, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and you get. I think part of the deal was you got better and um, better sound quality as well. Oh right, okay. Uh, I didn't know that. Um, but uh, so, but what they have said now this week is they have said that they are not going to be doing that anymore. And of course, Ferrara, blah 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 blah. Basically, what Apple have said is we're not doing any more new albums like that. We won't be yeah, well, stocking uh, though that format anymore. Anybody who's bought anything, anything that's been released in the past, it all stays there. And you can still have access to it on your iTunes match and yada, yada, yada. But we're just not going to do any more, any new releases with extra content. Do you, do you know what? That just reminds me of a really pertinent question when it comes to iTunes ownership. When mm-hmm. they say we're not releasing any more albums in this packaged format, right? Mm-hmm. But you can still own the ones you have already. It just reminds me. You don't own anything you've purchased through iTunes. You have a license. Exactly. So if tomorrow they were to go, nope, no more historic LPs, that's it. They're gone. Exactly. 
And it's the same thing with uh, Spotify, which we, which I use. Okay, so say mm-hmm. it, it's it, uh, when we first started using Spotify. First, there was no Beatles albums on it. Yeah. But where it gets even worse is if they had Beatles albums all along and then all of a sudden they go, okay, uh, we're not stocking the Beatles anymore. <laughs> that would be really annoying. Mm, Especially yeah, if, yeah. If, if Spotify is what you use for music all the time. That, that's, that's the one thing I do miss about having something hard in your hand, uh, you know, like a CD or an album or whatever it happens to be. There it is. It's on my shelf and it'll collect dust until the day I die if I choose to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or you choose to digitize it yourself or, or oh, what whatever, you. but you've always got a copy of it there. Whereas, you yeah. know, with these streaming services and online services, you don't. But do you know what? I think for the like 99% of people, they probably don't care. Music is kind of fashion. And I'm sure you have albums that you listened to when you were a teenager and your first love and they were the greatest thing ever. And you probably haven't listened to those albums in 20 years. Uh, well, oddly enough, um, I, I've been moving. I've been moving uh, house um, quite recently, yeah. And part part of the process was going through my CD collection and, and my books and all that sort, of, and and seeing what what I still want to keep and what I bought on a on a whim or that kind of thing. And what reminded me about when I was buying, uh, when I was buying, I mean, when when CDs was the only option that I had. Um, I was so careful in what I bought because I didn't have a lot of money and I had to be super sure that, you know, what, what I wanted to buy was interesting to me. And this you, was pre, pre-YouTube. Exactly. So, you know, uh, you had to go on, you know, I've heard two songs that I like or here's somebody involved in something that I, that I liked and um, that sort of thing. So I was super careful with my purchases, but it also meant that the amount, the kind of music I was exposed to was actually quite narrow. Um, now I'm at the stage where I'm exposed to probably too much music, to be honest. Uh, and it's very hard to get a deep dive into anything. But it means that your relationship with music is much more transient. And I think of the CDs I'm, I've gotten rid of over the last few years, none of them would be the ones that I would have bought pre-YouTube. Okay. So, you know, it's that, that element of, of permanence that comes with a CD is still very compelling. Yes, yes. And it's the one thing I, I, I do like. But I, I don't even know if you can buy... Well, no. I was about to say, I don't know if you can buy CDs anymore. Oh, come uh, on. Uh, no, I know you can. But no, here's the thing, right? Where do you buy them? All right? So Tesco have them. That's fine. But they only stock like, what, 50 CDs? Uh, and then you yeah, go to Golden Disc or somewhere like that, and they've got, yeah. you know, whatever. Tower Records is the only one I can think of in the centre of Dublin that would have a decent selection. Everything else yeah. is kind of like, well, we sell the best uh, 50 uh, CDs around at the moment. That's it. Yeah, well, t- Tower is, is an absolute treasure, all right. Yeah, hmm. but there's also um, Sound Seller. Do you oh, remember of course. Sound yeah, it's still on the go, is it? Still on the go. Oh, now, wow. and it's, it's a particular genre of music. If you like your rock and your metal, yeah. that's the place. And, it, you know, they still sell cassettes. They don't. They do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> oh my! Oh my God! All right, fair enough. Listen, there's there's a section uh, of our audience who's listening to our podcast who are genuinely going, "What's a cassette?" <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, it's Listen, probably true. One last little uh, uh, giggly story then uh, for this week, and I love the story there recently of Vodafone and their brand new four G network, which they are about to establish. 
on the moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I knew you'd love this story. I mean, anything <laughs> that takes place in a vacuum, you're, you're delighted with. Oh, no, no, that's not fair. That's not in a <laughs> vacuum. Oh, meow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll have a source of milk for Mr. Kitson, please. It's, um, it's largely true, though. No, I'm a, I'm a space guy and I love all space and stuff like that. And I just thought that this was quite a clever marketing technique for Vodafone. And there was one other network, I can't remember who it is. But it's actually a really simple uh, solution because they are planning on sending more, um, I was going to say autonomous robots and, and landers to the moon to do some more exploring. That's true. But, but the problem is, is that the, these robots, as they roll around the moon, will not have the facility or to be able to carry a satellite dish or whatever to beam what it is they're discovering back to Earth because they want to keep them relatively small and light and transportable. So what they're doing is they're kind of sending a a base unit, if you like, that will stay mm-hmm. in one spot. And then the two robots will go off and then do their exploring. And what they've done is if they've put 4G uh, chips into the two robots and in the base station and uh, the two robots will just literally call uh, what they discover back to the main base station and then that will beam the information back to Earth. Nice. It's nice, isn't it? It's kind of like it's like giving your kid uh, one of these little things that you'll never lose your kid things. <laughs> never lose your kid thing I believe that's a brand name (laughs) (laughs) try and dot com that baby somebody has it already Um, but yeah do you know do you know what I mean like they they keep the real simple phones for kids or they've got tags that you put on kids suitcases in fact they build suitcases that have got little sim cards in them and stuff like that and all they do is they just call back uh, to wherever the base is so that you know exactly what's going on Um, but I just thought that was a lovely little story And, and that kind of satisfied my little space thing and it satisfied my little marketing thing at the same time there you go everybody's happy there you go everybody's happy all right listen my cup of coffee has finished so uh, i think we better uh, start yeah stop yakking on about what's been happening in tech i do enjoy sitting down and having a chat with you and then ear winking and stuff like that and what people think about what's going on in the news so uh, thank you very much for that this week Niall. Uh, that is it for the show the program supported as always by irishjobs.ie for the latest jobs from it recruiters uh, please visit our website techcentral.ie forward slash jobs that's techcentral.ie forward slash jobs and we give you all the latest tech jobs in there from the nice people at Irish Jobs of course you can get the lowdown on all things tech in Ireland on the website with early updates and daily newsletters or of course you can listen to our little show here online or Fridays at 5pm on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra on the next week from myself Dusty Rhodes and from Niall Kitson have a great weekend get tech radio subscribe for free with iTunes or Download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.